10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwald, and thank you so very much for deciding to join me once again. A couple of months ago, I put in an application to join the Three Percenters original, and I was told at the time that vetting was extremely backed up and that it would take a while, and I waited, and I waited, and waited a little bit more. And on January 5th, um, I deleted the forum from my Chromebook, um, deleted the bookmark. On January 6th, of course, the Capitol was attacked. And on January 7th, um, I was contacted by the state assistant leader for the state of Maryland for Three Percenters Original. And he informed me that he wanted to do a video interview to complete my vetting process. Of course, I was extremely excited to do that. You know, I had all but given up hope, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, you know, this guy contacts me and says he would like to complete my vetting. So, of course, I jumped at the opportunity. And we scheduled a time, and it ended up being uh, Saturday, the 9th. And I had a great, great chat with him. Super guy, super energetic, very knowledgeable. Um, one of those people that shares the same values that I do. I mean, he's a strict constitutionalist. He's somebody that cares about a republic. Um, And it was really a lot of fun just to to get the opportunity to talk to him. And at the end of our conversation, uh, I took the oath, and I became a member of the Three Percenters original uh, of the Maryland chapter. Two days after that, um, I was contacted by the assistant leader again, who said that he would like to have a short video conference call with me and the state leader. I'm thinking, okay, you know, what did I do already? <laughs> you know, how, do I, how did I screw up? You know, why am I being kicked out of the club, basically? Um, but I had a very short conversation with the two of them, and at that point, the state leader offered me the public relations position for the state of Maryland, which, to say it was an honor to accept that doesn't even begin to explain it. Um, I mean, it's such a a privilege to become a a part of the group to start with, to be asked to take on such an important role. You know, I mean, it really confirmed for me that I've made the right decision and that I am definitely among like-minded patriots. You know, I'd been a member of the group for two days. Um, And that opportunity was was offered to me, which has just been absolutely incredible uh, so far. I actually... Uh, with the approval of our leader, sent out a press release to a number of state politicians and uh, federal politicians, um, TV stations, newspapers, radio, all across the state. Um, And what I got to send them was truly amazing. I know when a lot of people think of different conservative organizations, they immediately think they're racist, they're a militia, they're violent, and they want to overthrow the government. Um, I can assure you that I did my homework on this group. Um, When I first went to their forum, the first thing I did was go to the About Us page. And right off the bat, we are not a militia. We are not racist. We are not violent. We have no desire to overthrow the government. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I can keep reading from here. Um, And thankfully I did. 
There is an absolute zero tolerance policy with this group that racism and violence or threats of violence are completely unacceptable and it's a one-shot deal. You know, you don't get a warning and a slap on the wrist. Um, if you threaten violence or if you say anything racist, you're gone. You're done immediately. And that's the way it should be. Um, our group is different in that we see peaceful protest, absolutely unequivocally peaceful protest, and petitioning our government, as the Constitution allows us to do, and also allows peaceful protest, obviously, um, as a means of redressing our grievances, speaking of things that we have the right to do, all of those in the First Amendment, of course. Um, and we take that very seriously. And it's funny because I feel like I can say we, even though I've only been a part of the group for a very short period of time, um, it is it is a fraternity. It is a place where, if you're a constitutional conservative like I am, you walk in the door and immediately you're among friends. You know, it feels like a family, to be perfectly honest with you. And that's actually what our state leader said, is that as long as, you know, he's in a leadership position, that's what we'll be. We'll be a family. We'll never be a militia. And so I, I just... I'm having a difficult time processing my excitement um, to be a part of a group that is looking to effect change in a peaceful and deliberate manner, as opposed to you know the the small fraction of the uh, people that attended the the rally in D.C. who became violent and stormed the Capitol, you know, as opposed to some of the members of Black Lives Matter and Antifa who have burned and looted and murdered and destroyed. Um, you know, we take a completely different approach. And again, our, our approach is to be peaceful, you know, and protest as the First Amendment gives us the right to do. Second Amendment's always an option. Um, but my favorite part of our three principles, and there's three guiding principles that three percenters have to abide by. Um, the first is moral strength. You have to do what's right. You have to be honest. If you see something that's not right, you have to report it. Um, again, these things are not optional. Um, and the second one is physical readiness. You have to be ready to take on whatever task you could ultimately face. And we all hope that it will never come to the point where violence has to be used to save this country. Um, it's the last thing I want to see. It's the last thing our leadership wants to see. And none of us want any part of it. However, um, we do have to be prepared in the event the unthinkable occurs. And so we have to stay morally strong and physically ready. Um, the third of those principles is my favorite. It is my absolute favorite. No first use of force period. Um, I actually saw last night uh, that in action. We had a member who basically asserted it was time to take up arms and affect change in this country that way. And he was immediately banned by our national leader, which just reinforced for me that I'd made the right decision and that I was in the right group. Um, and again, to be able to take on a leadership role, to be one of those people who starts to change the opinion of us. Um, and it was not an accident that I contacted as many 
media outlets as I possibly could because that's where groups like ours, there aren't really groups like ours, that's where our group gets a bad name. Um, again, they just assume that we're racist, we're militia, we're set on overthrowing the government. And as I said, when I checked the About Us page, those were the first three things that I read. I wasn't about to read any further if I didn't find those things. You know, being prior service military, I am not allowed to join a militia. It's actually, militia. It's actually illegal for me to do that. And so I had to make sure I absolutely was not knowing that. Um, I, in my personal life, don't tolerate any racism whatsoever. I can't. You know, and the Army was the biggest part of helping me view race the way I do now. When I served very humbly, I didn't serve with black soldiers or Asian soldiers or Hispanic soldiers or female soldiers. I served with fellow soldiers. And my evaluation of those people was, can you do the job or not? And if you could, yeah, God bless you. We're going to be tight. You know, we're going to be okay. Um, my mother was actually the biggest driving force in making sure that racism was eliminated from our family forever. My grandfather's brother, um, my mom's uncle, back in the day was a member of the Ku Klux Klan in the state of Maryland. Um, he actually took a leadership role in that group. And I understand it was a different time, but I still can't accept that that's who Uncle Bill was. I haven't made peace with that, and I hope I never will. Um, but when we go over to visit my grandfather, who was the sweetest, most incredible family man in the world, who was a, a D-Day vet himself, first wave Omaha Beach. I've told you guys that a million times, but I'm damn proud of him. When we go over to see my grandfather, if Uncle Bill would come over, Mom would grab my brother and I both by the arm, drag us out to the car, and we'd leave. And it wasn't until I was probably 12 or 13 that I asked her why she did that. Because, you know, here's a member of my family I didn't get to meet, I didn't really get to know. And, you know, I kind of felt like I'd been cheated a little bit. And when I was old enough to hear the ex explanation, and Mom told me who he was and what he had done and what group he'd been a part of, it's like, wow. You know, because if, it, if as a young child I was exposed to someone like that, would I have grown up with those prejudices? Would I have become that type of person? You know, thank God my mom stepped in. And thank God she was a strong enough person to be able to do that. And so that's the way I view my life and how I view race in my life. I will be that person to str be strong enough to step in if I see racism. You know, if I would ever find, and I am 99.98% certain that I never will, if I ever find racial undertones in the three percenters original, I will be out. That day I will be out. Um, but from what I've seen from our leadership, from what I've seen of their approach to people who consider violence as an earlier resort than as a last resort, um, to the extent that we're not a militia, I really feel like I've found a home. And I hope that I can contribute everything that I have, every skill, every qualification, every ability that I have to make this the best group that it can possibly be. Like I said, it's such an honor to be 
among such a great group of constitutionalists and beyond that a great group of people from many diverse backgrounds from many diverse areas you know we have members all over the country and our Maryland chapter is actually fairly small it's it's growing there are a lot of people that are actually waiting for vetting right now and that's something else I should point out too this is not a group that you just walk in the front door and everybody knows your name and calls you Norm and buys you a beer. Um, this is a group that has some level of prestige to it. Um, it's a group that you have to be qualified for. You have to demonstrate that you are not one of those people that they don't want. And when I talked to my state assistant leader, you know, that was one of the things that he said. He said he had listened to the podcast. He said that he had done his social media homework, checked me out there. Um, I was a little surprised that he got in touch with me anyway, <laughs> um, but he did. And, um, you know, it, what he was looking for, I believe, and we haven't talked about this, just my, I think, pretty safe assumption. I think he was looking to find out if I was someone who was ready to become violent. Was I a hothead? Was I ready to rock and roll right now, so to speak? Um, and that's one thing he would not find in terms of checking my background. I am very outspoken. I'm very loud, as I like to put it. Um, that will always be the case for me. It's just who I am. I'm not ashamed of it. Um, but I'm not someone who looks at violence as anything but a last resort. And as I told him when we talked, you know, when I was growing up, my dad always said, you'll never get in trouble for throwing the last punch you'll always get in trouble for throwing the first one. And that's the way I've lived my life. Um, you know, there's, I can't think of a time when I've thrown the first punch in a fight. Thrown the last a few times. I've had the last thrown at me a few times. But violence is never a first resort for me. Violence is never a first resort for our group. And again, I, I can't say it strongly or forcefully enough how incredibly proud I am to have become a part of this organization. And you guys know how you can contact me. Um, I'm at Treehouse1776 on Twitter for now. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised being a conservative. I'm still on there, but it's Treehouse1776 on Twitter. You can also find me on the Treehouse of Liberty uh, Facebook page. And again, I'll tell you guys how I came up with that name later. Super creative, I know. Um, and you can send us an email, treehouseoflibertymedia, treehouseoflibertymedia at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you guys. If you would like to hear more about the group, I would be ecstatic to be able to talk to you about it. If you have interest and you would like to become a member, let me know, please. I will forward your information to my leadership. We will get you vetted. We will get you in as quickly as possible. You know, you guys that listen to the show, most of you are constitutional conservatives yourselves. You're patriotic Americans, you know, and patriotic in the literal sense, not when it's construed to mean, you know, you need to go riot, um, which is ridiculous, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But if you do have interest, please let me know. You can use any one of those outlets, um, and we will talk further. And if you're the, the kind of person that I've been describing, in the podcast so far, you're somebody that we would like to have. Um, it's bold of me to speak on behalf of my leadership, 
but I think I know these guys pretty well, even though I've only known them for a short period of time. And like I said, I've seen who our national leader is. You know, as soon as that person said something about violence, boom, he's done. And that's the way it should be. So, again, if you have any interest, contact me and let me know. If you have any comments about the show or if you would like airtime on the show, you guys know I will give it to absolutely anyone, especially if you disagree with me. I'd really like to hear from you. You can have the entire 30 minutes for a monologue if you want. We can do a question and answer, however you would like to do it. And like I said, especially if you disagree with me, please get in touch with me and let's talk. And now we'll move on. You know, in the first segment, I talked about how first use of violence is never the answer. And I have so much respect for the constitutionalists, the conservatives, the Republicans, the patriots out there who are not using violence at this point. I think the anger that most of us are feeling is more deep than anything we've ever experienced in terms of frustration with politics, and it goes so far beyond frustration that I really can't put it into words. Um, but President Trump has been impeached for the second time, and for the second time he's been impeached for absolutely nothing. This is nothing but a coup. This is nothing but a soft attempt to overthrow a duly elected president. This is nothing more than we see in banana republics who use coups to change power instead of elections, like we kind of still do. Um, it's disgusting. It's revolting. It's un-American. It's hideous. It's heinous. It's vile. Can I put it more strongly? <laughs> if, you, if you guys have any other synonyms for it fucking sucks, let me know. Um, and I apologize for my language. I try to keep it pretty clean with you guys, and I'm sorry for that. Um, but... Here's a president now who's been impeached for telling a huge, peaceful rally, 700,000 people, telling them, we're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue and we're going to protest, quote, peacefully and patriotically, end quote. Now, you tell me what part of that implies we're going to go down there and storm the Capitol. You know, if I know anything about President Trump, it's that he is someone who says what he means. He doesn't pull punches. He doesn't pussyfoot around. If he wants to tell you something, he's going to tell you, and he doesn't care what you think. He's done that for four years as President of the United States. He's done that his entire life. Trump is not someone who's afraid to speak his mind. So there is no implication. There is nothing to discern from what he said other than what he said. And what he said is, we're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue, we're going to make our voices heard peacefully and patriotically. Well, peacefully, I imply that that means they're not going to be violent, and he doesn't want them to be violent. And patriotically means free speech and peaceful assembly, as it says in the First Amendment. What part of that implies violence? I mean, you can't say the guy incited anyone. You just can't. As I said, he's never minced words. That's one of the things the Democrats have hated about him since before he took office. He tells it like it is. If he wants you to go down and storm the Capitol building, he's going to say, hey, get off your asses and let's go down here and storm the Capitol. That's not what he wanted. That's not what he expected. You know, President Trump's a lot of things.
He's a hothead sometimes. He's bullheaded sometimes. You know, he, as I said, he doesn't mince words. And there are going to be times that no matter whether you support him or you don't, there are going to be things that he says that you don't like. There have been tweets of his that made me cringe, made me say, what in the hell are you trying to accomplish? But that's who he is. You know, he's always going to tell you what he thinks. If he thinks you should go down and storm the Capitol, he's going to tell you, hey, let's all go down and storm the Capitol. If he wants you to protest according to your First Amendment rights, he's going to tell you to go down there and do it peacefully and patriotically. I mean, what's so hard about this to understand? And this is completely unlike the terrorists on the left. And I told you last week, in a special edition, that the people who stormed the Capitol are terrorists. And they are. I don't care if they're right-wing, left-wing, centrist, you know, whatever they are. It doesn't matter. Violence is violence. Terrorism is terrorism. And using violence to affect political change is terrorism, period. That's a literal definition. I have condemned violence from our side. Storming the Capitol was wrong. It was hideously wrong. It's not how we do things in the United States of America. I've also condemned the other side. You know, you can only watch an entire year of burning, looting, murder, executing police officers for so long and not get angry. And you can only watch that and not get angry for so long when the politicians on that side, like Kamala Harris, our vice president-elect, who said of the Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots, they're not going to stop and they shouldn't stop. They're not going to stop and they shouldn't stop. You tell me who's inciting violence. You tell me which is the side of terrorism. She's not the only one. Nancy Pelosi, just this week, said that the domestic enemies of the United States are in the White House and the Republicans in the Capitol building. Domestic enemies of the United States. Now, let me put that in perspective. Every man and woman that joins the United States military takes an oath to protect the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Nancy Pelosi called the president and congressional Republicans domestic enemies of the United States. Now, tell me what that says to veterans on the left. Huh, okay. So the most powerful Democrat in the country has just said, these people are the enemies that we're required to protect the Constitution from. Is that not inciting? Because believe me, folks, I've been waiting for the President of the United States to call the leftists in Washington, D.C. domestic enemies. I have been waiting for the President of the United States to call Antifa and Black Lives Matter and other leftist terrorists Domestic enemies of the United States. Not only do I have the right to rock and roll at that point, I have the obligation to rock and roll. And thank God 
thank literal God that President Trump has been intelligent enough and responsible enough not to use those words. Because again, I have no interest in violence. I don't want to fight. I'm too old to fight. I don't want to take combat to anybody. And I sure as hell don't want to kill my fellow Americans. That's the last thing on this earth I would ever want to do. Now, if it comes down to it and I'm attacked, sorry about your bad luck. You know, it's up to you to explain yourself to your maker. It's up to me to arrange the meeting if that happens. And I will. Never first. I make that oath to myself and I made it to my organization. Never first. But you attack me or mine, you're going to have a real, real bad day. And so what do those, those veterans on the left think? The most powerful Democrat in the country has identified your domestic enemy. You have never been relieved of your oath. You've never been relieved of your obligation. Guess you know what you have to do, don't you? And if that's not inciting violence, please tell me what is. Please tell me what is. I, I mean, these Democrats drive me insane. It's like none of them have ever looked at the Constitution of the United States of America. It's like none of them have any idea what oath, what oath our current and former military members take. And God bless each and every one of you. Thank you so much for your service. It is my tremendous honor to count you as my fellow service members and former service members. My service being much more humble than yours. I don't care who you are. But it's like they don't pay attention to what they're saying. And this is another one of those situations where they're doing what they accuse us of. You know, you look at Ukraine, the first time President Trump was impeached. Ukrainian President Zelensky said, I felt no pressure whatsoever. There was no quid pro quo. The only eyewitness to the conversation with Trump said, the president told me, I don't want anything. No quid pro quo. And then you have Joe Biden who publicly admitted when he was a part of the Obama administration to withholding a billion dollars from Ukraine, aid that had already been designated by Congress for them. He withheld that $1 billion in aid until the prosecutor going after his dirty son, Hunter, was fired. And of that, Joe Biden said, and I quote, well, son of a bitch, he got fired. Full confession available to anybody with a cell phone or a computer. You think they're going to impeach him over that? No, of course not. Because, again, they just accuse us of what they're actually doing. They're the ones inciting violence. They're the ones encouraging terrorism. They're the ones that think this shit is okay. There's no part of this that's okay. And there's no part of it that's okay on either side. If you are a terrorist that attacked the Capitol, you are not okay. If you're Antifa or BLM and you burned, looted, shot, 
injured, anyone, you are not okay. And I think that's the difference between us and them. Every conservative I know immediately came out and denounced the attack on the Capitol. I listened to Rush. I listened to Sean Hannity. I listened to Mark Levin. Dana Lash, who I just recently got the opportunity to, and she's freaking awesome. Um, but it's like all these conservative pundits immediately came out and said, this is wrong. Whoever it is, it's wrong. And all the hosts that I listened to said, look, you know, I'm not buying Antifa infiltrated and it was them. And no. They just flat out said it was wrong. Like we did with Antifa and BLM. I think as constitutionalists and conservatives, we condemn all terrorism. Foreign and domestic, by the way. But we do. And the left doesn't. They condone terrorism against the United States of America. They encourage terrorism against the United States of America. And I sure as hell don't have the authority to say it. But if you want to ask me who the domestic enemies are, there's your answer. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I have been, as always, your host, Jason Fornwalt. Thank you so very much for joining me. Again, I do want you to reach out to me. If you're interested in the 3%ers original, definitely let me know about that. If you have something that you would like to share on the show, if you would like time on the show, by all means, let me know, and I will accommodate you in any way I possibly can. I always like to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for those of you that have those of you that have contributed to the show, and those of you that will contribute in the future. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, please let's take care of each other, and let's take care of these United States of America. God bless. Take care.